Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book step study. My name is Anita J, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Today is Friday, July 7th, 2017, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. And today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 64, the third paragraph, which begins, Resentment is the number one offender. Through three paragraphs. So that includes the inventory example that ends on the bottom of page 65. And that very first paragraph is just our um, uh, context paragraph. Today's readers are Tenzin P on the 12 steps, Nancy H, 12 traditions, and the readers of the text this morning are Katie G and Lauren N. The share IDs for yesterday, Thursday, July 6th, are for the 7 a.m. meeting, 10124. That's 10,124. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, 10126. That's 10,126. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. And we welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting, though, through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tenzin P to read the 12 steps. Tenzin, press star one. Did we lose you? Good morning, everyone. This is uh, Tenzin P calling in from near New York City. Um, Grace Foley, recovering compulsive of leader. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, 
came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for his knowledge of his, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. I pass. Thanks so much, Tenzin P. And now I will ask Nancy H. to read the 12 OA traditions for us. Good morning, Anita, and good morning, everyone else. Um, This is Nancy H. from Massachusetts. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions... One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overreader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overreaders Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overreaders Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you for the privilege of doing service. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Nancy H. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, 
but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us <clears throat> to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we are reading from the big book and we are beginning on page 64, that third paragraph that begins resentments is the number one offender. That paragraph is for context only. And we're going to direct our comments on the first paragraph on page 65 and the entire inventory example. And I have asked Katie G to get us going. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Anita J. May I be heard? Yes, yes, you can. Wonderful. Good morning, everyone. Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic. Resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From it stem all forms of spiritual disease. For we have been not only mentally and physically ill, we have been spiritually sick. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. In dealing with resentments, we set them on paper. We listed people, institutions, and principles with whom we were angry. We asked ourselves why we were angry. In most cases, it was found that our self-esteem, our pocketbooks, our ambitions, our personal relations, including sex, were hurt or threatened, so we were burned up. On our grudge list, we set opposite each name our injuries. Was it our self-esteem, our security, our ambitions, our personal or sex relations, which had been interfered with? We were usually as definite as this example. I'm resentful at Mr. Brown, the cause, his attention to my wife, affects my sex relations. I'm resentful, oh, self-esteem, fear. I'm resentful at Mr. Brown, the cause, told my wife of my mistress, affects my sex relations, self-esteem, fear. I'm resentful at Mr. Brown, the cause, Brown may get my job at the office, affects my security, self-esteem, fear. I'm resentful at Mrs. Jones. She's a nut. She snubbed me. She's committed her husband for drinking. He's my friend. She's a gossip. Affects my personal relationship, self-esteem, fear. I'm resentful at my employer, the cause, unreasonable, unjust, overbearing, threatens to fire me for drinking and padding my expense account. Affects my self-esteem, security, fear. I'm resentful at my wife, the cause, misunderstands and nags, likes Brown, 
wants house put in her name affects my pride, personal sex relations, security, and fear. Starting my timer. So exciting, right? Because this is our solution. And um, what I find so interesting is that um, we've got grudge list. And I really appreciated someone yesterday said that she really was kind of blown away when she looked up words, you know, that um, were in addition to resentment. And I, I asked my sponsees, and I do this with myself, because I can think of myself as not a very angry person. But I certainly, can, I certainly can engage with smug superiority, like I'm angry at this person because, you know, they're less than me, they're fat, they're thin, whatever it is, you know, and this is the freedom we get to see the crazy thoughts that we have. And um, it doesn't matter how crazy it is. Like, look, I'm, a, I'm a, a therapist in my life, and I work with patients who have medical conditions. I'm resentful at the patient. The cause isn't obeying me affects all aspects of my identity. You know, it doesn't matter how crazy it is. Because the thing is, if it is in my mind and I don't clear it up, I'm going to eat again. So what are we doing here? So we've got the names. The other thing is, and you know if you call me that I, 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 I don't listen to your story. So this isn't I'm resentful at Mr. Brown because, you know what, Katie, yesterday he, uh, Mr. Brown was with me and my wife and Mr. Brown was like all over my wife. I don't want to hear it. Why? Because you're just re-feeling, redoing, rehashing, and you're trying to get me on your side, right? Like that's what I was doing. At least that's what I was doing. Forgive me if you don't. You're a better person than I am. That's what I do. I'm like, you got to know the whole story so that you can get on my side and someone's unmuted. Um, and then this third part, what aspects of my identity, my ego are affected? You know, and um, I have to tell you, when I, when I start off with women, this part can be really overwhelming. The part that I find the most important is that I understand cognitively that for me, what I was taught is I have this fear, right? It starts with the aspect of my identity that is fear, that I'm not good enough. So then I open my eyes and I find evidence that I'm not good enough. You know, Mrs. Jones, I'm not good enough. I have this fear about, about not being good enough. So then I'm talking to Mrs. Jones and guess what happens? She snubs me and he's my friend and she's a gossip. Right, So I find evidence of my fear that I'm not good enough. And that is why I have these resentments, because I have these fears. It all, for me, it all starts with fear. And then the other aspects of my identity, my personal relationships, um, how I engage with you, my self-esteem, my feeling of um, self-worth, um, and then sex relations. And I'll just close with this. Like usually, and you're unmuted, um, if, I ha if I'm dealing with a um, – a resentment that has to do with my husband or a sex relation, it affects all aspects of my identity. So this is critical that you be clear, you don't tell the story, and understanding, and I'll close with this, that for me, it all starts with fear. So this is our freedom. I can't wait to continue doing this with you guys one more day. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Katie G. All right, who's next? Who would like to share? Jackie B from the Bronx. Jackie Julie R. B. Julie R. Julie R. Nessa R. Tina S. Okay, wait, wait, Nessa. Tina S. Okay. Michael H. Michael H. from Chicago. Or <laughs> okay. Who else? Matt. Matt. 
All right, let's stop right there. One, two, three, four, five, six. Great. Let's start with Jackie B. from the Bronx. Good morning. Good morning. This is Jackie B. from the Bronx. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for your service today, and thank you for Team Friday. Um, I so get this. Um, You know, I've been in the program 25 years, as I stated, and it's amazing how, um, you know, I knew what it was like to be fearful of doing a fourth step, um, even relapsing over a fourth step. Um, today, I also know recovery, um, and I'm recovered one day at a time because I started out doing a four, rigorous fourth step, and um, and it is so freeing. All I can say to the newcomer, to the person who's starting over, to the person who is um, working their program, wherever you are at, the fourth step will set you free. Um, it's amazing how um, most of those resentments I had in the beginning were just thoughts in my head. These people didn't even know I had these resentments, didn't even know I was thinking these things about them. I would never let them know that, but they rented space in my head. Today, I don't have that. Today, I constantly sweep out those thoughts, fears, anxieties, um, character defects that crop up, that bring in resentment, fear, anger, discontent, uh, resentment, um, and I am so grateful. Today, I can look in the mirror and say, hey, Jackie, I like you today. Hey, I can be a service to other people. Hey, I am one of you. I am a compulsive overeater one day at a time recovered one day at a time because I'm willing to face anything. There is no thing on this earth that I'm not willing to put up the pen to paper to get rid of one day at a time. So keep going. Hold each other's hands. Take my number and call me. I'm here. Thank you. With that, I pass. Bye. Thanks very much. Thanks very much, Jackie B. And Julie R., good morning. You are. Hi, good morning. Thank you. This is Julie R., recovered compulsive overeater in California. And I just love looking at this paragraph because it has the exact examples for me for what I need to do. But I've been in OA um, since 81, and I've you know, done several inventories, but they didn't look like this. I mean, my first one was something like 168 questions and it asked, you know, it broke it up, all these questions from childhood to adulthood. It asked me if I, you know, was an animal, which one would I prefer? All this weird stuff. And then I did workbooks, but none of them really addressed my resentments. So now, you know, the last three inventories I've done are what's um, listed here. Very short and sweet and to the point. I don't write pages about why I was resentful at my father because it's all about the same thing. It has to do with me. So it tells me right there, single person, 15 to 19 words. That's it. And what does it affect? So it's, you know, for me, when I did it this way for the first time, the freedom I got was amazing. 
you know, and I got to see my patterns because it is, that's why I'm here. I'm here to see what, what Julie's part is. I get to see what it affected me. What, what am I going to do? This comes later. But for me, it's like, and I do a yearly inventory in addition to my nightly review because I need to continue to do this work. And I don't want to sit there and write paragraphs and paragraphs and pages. I mean, some people take forever to do their inventory, and I was one of them months and months and months. But doing the way the big book tells us to do it, I mean, you can do this in a few weeks. So I'm I'm excited. to. I have a new person I'm working with, and I'm taking them through this part right now. And I said, spend 10 minutes and do a brain dump. Make your I'm resentful at. Real short and sweet, and we're going to do the same thing with the second column. I don't have to do any guesswork. A sponsor's got a guide, and it's right here. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, Julie. And now, Nessa, followed by Tina. Morning, Nessa. You there, Nessa? Star one. Um, Tina, you want to jump in first, and then Nessa, you'll get back. Have I lost the world? Thanks, Anita. <laughs> this is Tina S. Recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Okay. Thanks for your service. Wow, you know some great stuff. I'm I'm grateful to be on the line and to be part of uh, living one day at a time, free of the obsession to eat food. You know, and and I loved what was already shared about this step. You know, when I got here, I'm so grateful that I had a sponsor who um, actually, even though the directions are written in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, that actually took me through that because when I heard about this four step, I thought that you just wanted to hear my autobiography and look how great I am and look how bad everybody else is, and that's not what it it tells me to do here, you know, and, and I like, like that I heard it yesterday and I've heard it from my sponsors that it's this um, resentment cause is 19 words or less. And that comes from in the example in the big book that there is no more than 19 words in Bill's causes in these resentments, because I don't want to hear about your, your, I, I don't want to hear your dissertation. I don't want to hear how rainy it was outside, how bad they were. You know, this is my inventory, not somebody else's. You know, so I want to get down to the bottom line. What was the causes and the conditions so that I can move from there? Because if I'm looking at all the flowery stuff, I cannot get to the root of the problem. And it's resentment, you know, because um, they'll kill me, bottom line. And that's the only reason I did it is because it's going to kill me. You know, I'm one of them ones. The only reason I'm going to do something is I'm going to die. Um, and so, you know, the process for me and the transformation comes about once I, I'm able to dump this stuff and it, dump this stuff and it was just shared you know I no longer have to be the same person I was told and what a freedom it is to move on and get rid of this stuff that's blocking me from the sunlight of the spirit that'll pass thanks thanks so much Tina S Nessa are you back Nessa good morning Anita can you hear me now yes I can great Oh, great. I had uh, trouble unmuting um, last time. So uh, this is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And I, I just love this step. Um, I hear so many people say that they don't like this step, that it's so difficult, you know, like dredging up past hurts and, you know, reliving uh, difficult situations, etc. And I don't view it that way. You know, we read... 
and a few pages ago that our troubles out of our own making, they arise out of ourselves, our selfishness and self-centeredness. And this is the step that, I, that allows me, that enables me, that opens my eyes to why that is the case. You know, um, I, I, I don't know about you, but I came into these rooms thinking that my unhappiness and my life's problems were all the result of other people not doing the way, not doing what they were supposed to be doing. I was blaming everybody for my woes except myself. And of course, that left me very discouraged, hopeless, because I couldn't make people do whatever I needed them to do in order for me to be happy. It was such a futile exercise. It just left me even more unhappy. And of course, everybody else around me was unhappy. But then when I went through this process, and in this chart, we're still missing um, the key column, column four with the defects of character, selfish, self-centered, um, uh, self-seeking, dishonest, and fearful, which we'll read about in page 67. But when I look at this chart, I see it in black and white. You know, I think that, you know, I'm resentful at somebody because of what they did. But then I realize that I'm not resentful at them, nor because of what they did. I'm resentful because of how it affects me. You know, how it affects my self-esteem and my pocket, my pocketbook and how it fills me with fear and, and interferes with my relationships. And then in column four, I realize that, hey, it's not even you know, them who I'm resentful at, not because of what they did, not even because of how it affected me, but it is because I am selfish, self-seeking, dishonest, and fearful. And if I wasn't those things, my instincts wouldn't be affected, and what they do wouldn't bother me, and I wouldn't be resentful at them. You know, and that, that empowers me. It empowers me because I cannot work on other people's defects, but I can work on mine, you know, and this is what the following steps are going to give me, you know, in this step, I identify what it is that needs to be worked on. And in steps, you know, uh, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, I get to, uh, I get to work on it. And that's so empowering because finally I have a workable solution. Finally, I can do something about the root of my unhappiness, um, you know, but I need to diagnose it first. And this is the diagnosis. This is the, the process that enables me to see in black and white because I put them out on paper, you know, what it is that needs to be addressed. And I find that incredibly empowering. And with that, I pass. Thank you very, very much, Nessa R. Now, Michael H., followed by Matt M. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Vision. Have you heard? Yes. Yes. yes Great. <clears throat> Hi, good morning. This is Michael H., from the great state of Illinois, recovered compulsive overeater. Trying to plug into <clears throat> the power of these pages and, and thank uh, thank everyone who makes this, this meeting possible. I'm very, very grateful. So this practical program of action, and we're at that, that first step where we actually do something. And um, I, I can remember several points during this step and, and the steps following, asking, <clears throat> calling my sponsor or texting my sponsor and saying, do, do I have to write all that or do I have to write that part too or do I have to, you know, that, that seems to me like kind of a lot. Do I have to write all that out? And he would always say almost the exact same thing to me each time. 
well, Michael, how free do you want to be? And so that would answer my question, of course, then I would, I would do that. And, and I, I will say that, that doing this practical program of action, working the steps in particular, starting with this step, um, it, it's, you know, this is a, an action, program of action, and taking these steps is a, probably, if not the greatest, one of the greatest experiences of my entire life in five decades of, of this life so far. Um, it's changed my life like nothing has. And it's been an extremely great experience like nothing else that I've ever participated in. Great things have happened. But something as far as something that I've participated in, like an education or a job or anything in life that I participated in, this is the single greatest thing. And looking at it, it's no wonder my life was a disaster, my personal relationships. It's no wonder I was filled with resentment. It's no wonder I was restless, irritable, and discontented almost always. And my way of dealing with that, my coping mechanisms that I learned at an early age, on top of food as my escape and, and other addictions as well, my, my response by and large got to be isolating, just isolating from life because I couldn't, I couldn't deal with this stuff and I had to run. I had to run to the food. I had to run to just, if I was by myself, by and large, uh, things would be much better. Uh, it's, it's really no wonder my life was such a disaster. Now, of course, with this, you know, just all the things that it affected. When, when someone did something, which was always, almost always, whether it was my wife or someone else, when they did something, and it could be almost anything, I would be, as a result of being so selfish and so fearful, everything in my life would be threatened. And with that, I would just say, you know, maybe, and Mrs. Jones, maybe she is a nut. Uh, that's not really, frankly, none of my business. But it's what I did with what she did that made me crazy. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks very much, Michael H. Madam, good morning to you. Good morning, Anita. This is Matt. Good morning, Nita. This is Madam from New Jersey. Uh, step four has really been a, uh, not an easy one for me at times because I ate. I was eating my resentments every day in my life. I got up to 650 pounds because I just didn't want to deal with that. I was angry at the world. I thought the world owed me a living. I thought the world owed me something. And I thought that everybody was wrong and I was always right. And that, that's as far as I was getting, you know. And uh, I didn't want to deal with those, those those hard resentments that I had to look at. Because then I had to admit where I was wrong. And God forbid I admit I was wrong. My God, that was that was too much for me to think about. Because they said everybody else was wrong and I was right. And uh, I'm just grateful just for today. I don't have to think like that anymore. I'm choosing. It's a choice. I'm choosing not to think like that anymore because, by and large, by the way, I was very large. And um, I'm just grateful today. I don't have to go back to that unless I choose to. And, and I'm just I'm sad this fourth step. I'm going to be doing a fourth step pretty soon again with my sponsor. Looking forward to doing it again to get rid of all the stuff that's inside and sleep it away. But, uh, to to clear clear my clear, clear away the record of my past, I'm very grateful I could do that one day at a time. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. 
Thank you very much, madam. We're opening it up again. Who would like Lisa to B. share? Lisa B. Renata. Renata. Okay, wait a minute. Barbara, Barbara E. Barbara B. and Barbara E. Leanne W. Hey, hold on a minute. I think I have enough here. Lynn. Hold on, please. I think I've missed somebody. I'm starting with Lisa B. and then Renata, Barbara B. and Barbara E. And um, and um, some other Lisa and Leanne W. Who's this Lisa? I think I need to stop here, though. Or Harper. Was there a Harper? Did you get Vasa? Vasa, oh. Vasa, that's right. I heard you, too. Okay. All right. I think I'm going to have to stop there. I hope we reach everybody. And was there a Harper? I don't know. All right. We're going to start with Lisa, followed by Renata. Good morning, Lisa. Lisa B. Hi, this is Lisa B. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, now I can. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. My name is Lisa B. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And the word that I want to focus on in the reading today is self-esteem. And when I look that word up, it means confidence in one's own worth or abilities, self-respect. Oh, my goodness. I certainly did not have any self-esteem. And I really depended on on other people, other places, and other things to give me my self-esteem. And that's what really speaks to me in this inventory. Um, You know, being recovered now, I know what it is to be in alignment with my higher power and to have my insides match my outsides. I always compared my insides to your outsides, and I, I would always come up short. And then I would be so angry, so full of resentful, so jealous, just felt helpless and hopeless and so unable to do anything in life. And I was so full of sludge and garbage. And I needed to do this inventory the way it's laid out here on this wonderful page, 65, and do it all the while being entirely abstinent. Wow, what a concept. I had never done that before, all the while being entirely abstinent. And um, following the directions and listening to my guide and calling recovered compulsive overeaters and making outreach calls also to newcomers to get out of myself because I would get so full of self-pity that I kept doing it. And thank goodness we had a timeline, a deadline of when to finish this, this project, you know, this work. And now I know that self-esteem is possible by doing esteemable things. But I couldn't do esteemable things because I was so full of Fear and garbage. I couldn't do what my higher power wanted me to do or the way my, I couldn't be the way my higher power created me to be because I needed to get all this stuff out of the way. And um, so alignment, congruence, feeling good about myself, but getting out of myself and being helpful to others, being of service, um, having optimism, hope, belief, faith, 
all the opposites of what my disease taught me and the way I lived, you know, the way I lived my whole life and not blaming, but taking responsibility for myself and um, feeling really good and, and grateful today. So with that, I pass. Thanks for your service. Thank you very much, Lisa B. And Renata, good morning to you. Good morning, Anita. Thank you for your service. Good morning, family. Renata G., recovered compulsive reader, calling from India. Miss you guys. Um, you know, I want to talk about, like, some of the fears I had, some of the misconceptions I had before going through step four. You know, uh, when people say, you know, now we're going to put the focus on me, you know, I used to think, okay, I already feel terrible. I feel like, you know, guilty, shameful. And on top of that, I'm going to be the bad guy, you know, so I was terrified of step four. But, you know, one thing I've learned in this program is that I cannot change other people, right? So what the step four uh, inventory allowed me to do was, you know, by putting the focus on me, like what were some patterns that I was you know, using entire, you know, throughout my entire life that were not really working, you know, that were driving me to the food. And so by taking a different approach, you know, by taking responsibility for my behaviors and my actions, my thinking, my attitude, you know, even though it was scary, it was a different approach. And I had to take different actions if I wanted to get different results. And by putting the focus on me, then, you know, with the help of a higher power, I could do something about it, but I could not change the entire world world to be the way I wanted them to be. And so step four really helped me see some patterns of behavior that were working against me, that were, uh, you know, perpetuating my restlessness, discontentment, fear, and so... You know, there was freedom after, you know, this inventory. I'm very grateful, Pat. Thanks very much, Renata G. Uh, This is the order. It may not be the right order, but it's the order. Barbara B and then Barbara E. And then if there there is a Harper, Vasa O, and Leanne W. So good morning, Barbara B. You're up. Press star one. How about Barbara E? Let's get one of these Barbaras in here. Hi, this is Harper E. Oh, Harper uh, I, E. Yeah, Harper Great. E. Yes. Uh, all right, let's, Harper. <laughs> let's start you off then. Let's start okay. you and Barbara B. You're in the wings. Good morning, Harper E. Good morning. Thank you, everybody, for your service. Um, I have done so many fourth steps and done really long ones, really short ones, and the best thing I ever discovered doing a fourth step was it doesn't matter what I resent. It all comes down to stinking thinking, and I could resent that I have a hangnail or I could resent that Uh, The world isn't going the way I want, and it's the resentment itself that blocks me from the sunlight of the spirit. And when I realized that, it doesn't matter. It just became really, really easy, really simple to 
let go of resentment and irritation and anger and fear when I realized that uh, it was the resentment itself that was really blocking me from being happy, joyous, and free. And now I realize that I can be happy, joyous, and free no matter what's going on in my life. And resentment only hurts me. Resentment and irritation and worry and fear is only hurting me, and I need to get out of that stinking thinking as fast as I can. And the steps and all the support people I have really help me stay in a peaceful, serene place. And it's incredible to me to realize that resentment is just resentment itself, not what I resent. And it's a beautiful thing. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Harper. Um, Barbara B., are you there? Barbara B.? Could you give me the name of the lady that just spoke, please? It's Harper. Harper E. Thank you. Vasa, are you available? Yes, I'm here. Thank you, Anita. Can you hear me? E. Can you hear me? I can, but now, Vasa, don't go away. Okay. Let's, let's let's get with Barbara here. Okay, this is Barbara E from New Jersey, not B, Barbara. but E. Um, e. Is that okay? May I speak? Yes, I wanted you to. Oh, yes. good, great, great. Okay, <laughs> uh, thank you so much, and for all your efforts as well. When I did my first resentment list 19 years ago, I sincerely believed I had no resentments. How little I knew about myself. What I did know was I had to succeed. I had to be better than you. I had to be better than my coworkers. And above all, I must always be considered to be right. When I wasn't, a resentment would build up. I didn't know it was a resentment, but it would be. When I felt some person disrespected me or a situation irritated me or some institution such as the school board or the government disappointed or angered me, I felt resentful and I was reactive. My reactions took many forms, hurtful words, sly manipulation, retreat. I took everyone's inventory and behind it all was fear, fear that I would not get what I wanted fear that what I had would be taken away from me, and fear that I would be abandoned. My self-esteem or confidence depended on what others thought of me. I was resentful not because of what they did, but because of how it affected me. As I said, especially my self-esteem. It depended on what the world thought of me. Now it's 21 years since I joined OA. I've done a several resentments list since then, and of course I peeled away the onion, as I say many times, and I see that of course I have a grudge list. My grudge list is actually smaller than it would have been if I had self-knowledge 19 years ago, because as a retired lady, I interact with fewer people. 
but I still have the grudge list. And my sponsor indeed said, do it in 19 words or less. Don't give me lots of causes. Don't get try and get me on your side. Just tell me who, what, where, and how it affected me. It was simple. It was revealing. And I learned so much about myself. It was not the scary thing that I thought it would be 19 years ago. It was like taking a stone out of a heavy backpack that I carried on my back as I walked through life. And each time I wrote down someone's name and what it affected, a stone was lifted. I lost stones as I did each one of the lists that we're going to learn about. And I've become a different person, a more self-knowledgeable person as a result of this inventory and the ones to come. Don't be scared. Be brave. Thank you. I pass. Thanks very much, Barbara E. And now, Vasa, good morning. You are Good morning, Anita, and good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive, Ovida, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And uh, just so grateful that I've been brought uh, to Overeaters Anonymous and the 12 steps. I almost don't know that person that I was. God has changed me so much over the years. And I remember at the beginning when I came, you know, I put the food down, and then it was time for me to do the fourth step. And I was really looking forward because, uh, you know, I didn't want to go back to the food. Plus, I wanted to get well. I wanted to get healed from the resentments, which I didn't know that much about the character defects. I didn't know. But I knew the anger, and I knew the grudges, you know, the grudge, holding grudge. And uh, I, the first time, as I said, I did it differently, and it was fine. Uh, I did a lot of blaming. I did the questionnaire from one, one to six, 169 questions like that. My sponsor just handed me this stuff, and, you know, I did it. And a lot of them was yes or no, yes or no, not because I was writing big, huge paragraphs. And uh, I found it very beneficial. And then, for me, I learned, you know, again, the biggest resentment was the father and the mother, you know, growing up, growing up in a dysfunctional home, the pain, the cause that happened. And I had a lot of grudges. So that, that was good. And then when I came to, and I did the big book, you know, and I listed all the people. And I didn't have a lot, a lot of people. Most of that was really the father and the mother, brothers, you know, had, you know, teacher, one or two teachers, and cousins, and friends, so, um, but I, what I learned, you know, those people were sick like me, especially my father, my mother, they were sick, they were sick people, they did what they did know, they knew what, how to do, they, it was passed on to them, and they did whatever was passed on them, now I needed to break the chain, I didn't want to do that to my kids, and, and, and I was really eager to work through the steps, and my biggest problem was the self-esteem again, and I saw the pattern over and over and over. I was looking for the validation. I was looking for the love. I was looking for the approval, and being so centered, so self-centered and so absorbed in myself, and I saw myself as the victim, 
and uh, and I'm just so grateful over the years. I'm not the victim any longer. I'm the victorious today. But I was so stuck, you know, I was so stuck in those days, feeling empty and so miserable, you know. And as uh, as I was as I was going through the steps, you know, the healing started happening to me. And, uh, and I'll wrap it up. And again, for me, once I started working on the turnaround, it was really amazing. I could look at myself then. Thank you, and I pass. Thanks very much, Fasa O. And Leanne W., you are up. Good morning. This is Leanne W. from Massachusetts. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Great. Thank you. Uh, resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From it stems all forms of spiritual disease. So we have not been not only mentally and physically ill, we have been spiritually sick. And I, I want to touch on that because I, we've learned in the doctor's opinion in, earlier, in the earlier pages that um, the reason that I eat is because it's the solution to my problems and that here I am in the step four now and I'm looking at the resentments. And I really want to stress how important it is to folks to be abstinent when they're going through the fourth step and they're doing their writing. We've been told through and through that their brain must be cleared if they are to experience the psychic change. It's also important that you be working with the compulsive overeater. And I say this because in the 90s when I was in program back then, there really weren't a lot of um, the big book uh, options within uh, within OA in my area. So I ended up picking up an AA sponsor uh, to help me go through the steps. And she had me do this really thorough inventory that took me a year to write. But I had said to her throughout the whole thing, I can't stop eating Cheez-Its. And she kept telling me, that's all right if you're eating Cheez-Its, just don't drink. Well, I'm on alcoholic. I'm not called to alcohol. I'm called to food. I needed to be working with an OA sponsor, not an AA sponsor, because it wasn't okay that I have my hand in a box of Cheez-Its. Um, the reason that I ate was because of my resentment, and here I am looking at my resentments. And so if I wanted to experience the psychic change that would come as a result of the steps, I needed to put the food down. So fast forward, of course, I think we can all see that that, that didn't work. And I did ultimately pick up and, um, and went back out there and, and continued to eat for a number of years until I finally came back in and began working with a true compulsive overeater, not a hot eater, not a moderate eater, but a true compulsive overeater. And through working these steps and being abstinent while I was going through the fourth step, I'm able to continue to work to live in 10, 11, and 12 and to bring others through the steps as well. And so thank you for uh, letting me share. And with that, I pass. Thanks very much, Leanne W. Uh, we, I think we have time for two more, if they each take two minutes. Who would like to close us out here? This is Lauren N. Lisa N. All right, wait a minute. Lauren N. and Lisa N. And all right, I think that's we should do both of you if you if you don't take the full three minutes. Go ahead, Lauren N. Thank you, Anita. Thank you, everyone on the line. This is Lauren N. Can you hear me okay? Yes, yes, I can. 
Um, wow. Um, how do I, I just, what I have learned after working the, the fourth step many times and, um, is that it's all about what's in my head, that my resentments are about me being the, playing the Lauren show and being in the wah, 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 and whining and moaning about my life. And only if I'm willing and able to look at that and realize that that's not the reality that I am able to get better today and for the future. Um, thank you all for being here every day and for allowing me to be involved with you. So that's all I can say. Have a great day and I'll pass. Hey, welcome, welcome every day to you, Lauren Ann. And now Lisa Ann, it's your turn. Just press. Can you hear me? Now I can, yes. Good morning. Okay, great. Good morning. This is Lisa Ann, and thank you everyone so much for all that you said. It's really been helpful to me because for me, resentment is a very sneaky thing. Um, I didn't even realize this morning until everybody was talking that I had a resentment brewing. And it, it just flabbergasted me. It's really cunning and baffling, isn't it? Um, so anyway, thank you so much because I don't need, like it was saying in the beginning, it said resentment is the number one offender. Well, no, actually, I'm the number one offender because I always have to be number one, and I don't even see it. So thank you so much, everybody. Thank you very much. Um, well, we have another second or two. I think I'll take it quickly. This is Anita J. And um, I find it so ironic that the step my ego, all about me, selfish and self-centered, was my big problem, except when it came to resentment. I didn't realize my self-centeredness didn't carry over to resentments, and it was only through the big book way, which I first did in the 90s, but really got it three and a half years ago, is that it is, if this is the part that's all about me, lady, not the other part. What was your part in it? My God, I never saw it. I never saw it. I was largely invested in keeping myself in denial as to what the true cause of my illness was. What a relief to kind of, here I am a real true person, flawed, but I'm a real person, and I'm so grateful for these steps and Bill W. So with that, I want to thank everybody who shared a wonderful meeting, as they all are. And I want to tell you that the share ID for this meeting, Friday, July 7th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, is 10,128. 10,128. 
I also want to remind you that we have a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164. And... Um, Lauren in. <laughs> Lauren, great. Go for it. Go for it. Thank you, Anita. You can hear me, I assume. Yes. Our, me- our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come. If your own house is in order... But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.